Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. Right, man. What's up, Dave Cribs? What's, What's up, my friend? What's happening, Mr. Villa? Oh, man, I can't complain. I'm having a great day. And um, a little more ears, Lou, when you get a second. I can't hear my ears at all. Um, yeah, man, I can't complain. I'm having a great day, man. Great month. Uh, great closeout to the year. How about you? I'm doing great. I feel the same way. You know, I, I almost I have so much anticipation for 2018. I know we only have a few days left, and right. I'm, I'm still doing things. But there's, there's so many things that look great about 18. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and uh, um, you know, 2018 is, it, it, it's funny because every year, you know, we talk about, um, you know, every year people talk about New Year's resolutions. They talk about, um, you know, uh, moving it from the old into the new and, and you know, and switching out. <laughs> Like switching out the ears, you know, stuff like that, right? Uh, do you hear that? I, I, I try so hard, man, for OCD. Yeah, it is better, I guess. Uh, thank you, Lou. But, you know, moving out from the old into the new. And, you know, we, we talk about that every year. And I think that it becomes, you know, uh, it becomes commonplace if we're not careful. And, you know, we do these things called New Year's resolutions. And I think that if you look up the word resolution, I guess the root of that would be resolute, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to resolve, you know, or be resolute, you know, steadfast, I, I, I think of, in, 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 my, in my determination and my discipline. That's really what I think it means. A lot of times we just look at it as like a promise I'm going to make myself and yeah. what have you. And uh, we use, as humans, new beginnings. And I think that's where 2018 is coming in. And we need that. But, you know, I want to stick to some resolutions and my resolutions or my the things that I'm resolute or, or I'm resolving in myself, Dave, to do. They're not just like, you know, I want to lose weight or I want to be eat healthier. They're not just things like that that you want to start. They are they are uh, they take up encompass the whole year. They, they, they make up the entire year like there is a plan or blueprint that I think that you need to see that you have to visualize for the year 2018. And guess what? There are some things, I'm going to say this to you guys listening, there are some things that you can't carry from 2017 into 2018. If you've got some baggage on your back, listen, if you've got some big things ahead of you in 2018, which I believe there's some folks watching, if you have some big things ahead of you and you're watching right now, I want you to give me some hearts and some likes. If you have some big things that you're expecting to come to fruition in the year of 2018, I would say that if that describes you, then there are some, there's some things that you can't carry. There's some baggage that you can't carry and some weights that you can't carry with you. There's not room for where you're going by carrying what, what, what you have. We try to populate our destiny 
with our past accomplishments. Come on. <laughs> that's pretty good. You know, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because mm. that's kind of how I I'd actually, th I was consciously thinking about this over the next couple of weeks, um, thinking about that idea of, hey, you know, it's, you know, usually the resolutions wrap around what we're going to do, what we're going to do, all right. the things that we're going to, where we're going to resolve to do, like you said. Um, but it's just as important to think about the things we're not going to do, mm -hmm. the things that we're going to eliminate. And so you're, you're right on with what I've kind of been going through my head in the last couple of weeks. And then another thing, it's funny that, again, how you kind of started the conversation, but, um, you know, thinking a little bit differently about your New Year's resolution, not mm -hmm. just coming to every January 1st and saying, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and then, you know, a few months into it, that kind of just kind of fades out. But I think, you know, if you're someone who's driven and you're growing mm. each year, what you're doing with those resolutions is instead of just saying, I'm going to check this, this, you begin to fine tune things. Yeah. You begin to say, look, I know how to do this. I'm good at doing this. Now I need to perfect my execution by these things that are, and, and here's my word, by the way, for 2018. Uh-oh. Intentional. Intentional. I want to be very intentional. 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 <laughs> very, I want to be very intentional. Hey, Luke, give us, take us down a little bit in the years yeah, now. Thank now, you, now they're on and, and our ears are very hot. There you go. All right. So we changed the studio up a little bit. If you guys like it, hopefully you'll like it. And, uh, Changed the set a little bit. Got some new some new screenage, a new desk. Mm -hmm. um, moving this thing, it looks really cool inside as well. And uh, so we had to, you know, everything's been unplugged and replugged in. So a uh, little bit of little bit of uh, you know things to work through. But Dave, intentional. So talk to me about that. I mean, you want to be intentional, and we're going to be intentional yep. here. We're going to bring our guest on. You guys, we have a great show today. This is going to be something you want to share. And you want to get everybody in the automotive industry. I know that we're closing out our year and closing out our month. Believe me, you walked off of the, 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 your, your, your sales floor, so to speak, yeah. right? The, the street came in today. I walked off our literal sales floor here at IPD into the studios to do this show for you live today, Thursday, right? Mm -hmm. And then our month here closes tomorrow. Your month closes, I guess, Saturday. The year closes out. So believe me, I know this is an important time, the busiest week in the car business, and we're doing a show today. But today's show is worth the time that we can carve out. And so, Dave, let's talk about and, and make it intentional. Don't just listen, right? Don't just listen, but listen intentionally. So talk about it. Intentional living. What does it mean? Moving well, into 2018. How yeah. can I be intentional? Thank you. I appreciate that, Dave. So, um, you know, I want to be intentional. And I'm, I'll just give one example. Mm -hmm. um, I also uh, wrote down a calendaring. So I'm going to be intentional about my calendar. In other words, I'm going to ex examine and look at where I'm going to place myself physically, mentally, emotionally each day. Mm -hmm. And what does it make sense? Does it make sense for me to invest my time here? Does it make sense for me to be here? I want to fill that calendar intentionally, Dave, right. with what I know will add a result. Um, by put, you know, by placing myself there. So that's just one example in calendaring intentionally. Okay, so so the, I love that, and I'm writing I'm writing the word calendar down because the, when you said that, I, you know, I was reminded. And if you're if you're watching this, we're moving into 2018, and you know, there's something you can't get back, right? And there's something you can't get more of. When it when you max out your time, you know, people call talk about time management. And I don't really, th I think that's kind of, that, that, that statement doesn't make as much sense as a lot of people think it does. I don't think you can manage time. I think you have to maximize your time. Yep. I'm going to say that again. I don't, you can't really manage time. You have to maximize your time. You only get a certain amount of time. And I think there's some important things. I know that sleep's important. Some people, you can't go, hey, I'm going to manage my time by just working more because, you know, the reality is 
we're foolish if we don't get the proper amount of sleep because the reality is, you know, you and I need the rest. We need, to, we, we're not, listen, we're not fallible, okay? I'm, I'm sorry, we're, we're not infallible, we're fallible. We break down in, in, in food and in sleep matters, but calendar is important or maximizing your time because there may be some appointments that you need to cancel. There may be some things, mm-hmm. you know, somebody told me a long time ago in, a, in a, somebody that mentored me in a season of my life spoke into this word or this thought into me, said, look, I measure things every year and sometimes even quarterly, even monthly, and maybe even weekly and daily, there's things that you need to look at. But at least monthly or quarterly, you need to look at things and obviously minimally at a year and go, hey, what can I eliminate? What is not generating an ROI that's worth keeping? What's not generating a return on investment? Some people say, I'm not getting an ROI. That's not true. Mm -hmm. You get an ROI on anything that you do. What is that return on your investment? Yeah, and I, and it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up because I was just thinking. You know, I hope that our audience understands that when we say, uh, you know, calendaring and what's going to give me the result, what's going to give me an ROI, taking a strong look at that. It's not just money. It's not just monetarily. It's family. It's it's different Absolutely. things. So, uh, but being intentional about what you're going to calendar to make sure you're getting the result that you want every day. Absolutely. All right. All right. So listen, uh, we're going <laughs> we're gonna to go to Producer, break here in just go. a second. Right. We're going to go to break now, Lou. All right. We're going to go to break. We're going to come right back. We have a great panel. We're going to be talking. This is episode 304 of Auto Dealer Live. Last episode of 2017. Hey, 2018 is going to be a huge year here at ADL. Uh, we're at, we have some new sponsors coming on and joining us as well. Some new partners. And it's going to be incredible. Uh, we've got a great gig coming up at Digital Dealer in April. And uh, you don't want to miss that. We are doing something unprecedented. You're going to hear it here right now first. And um, came up with this concept with uh, the Digital Dealer crew. Going to be keynoting the opening keynote at Digital Dealer. And what we're going to do is we're going to have 10 dealers, dealers and owners and operators. These aren't, these aren't just GMs and GSMs, nothing wrong with that. But these are 10 cutting-edge dealers from around the nation that are going to be on a town hall panel. This is not going to be a four or three panel. This is going to be the first time you're going to see other conferences now do this because it's a great idea mm-hmm. and we collaborated this together. But this is going to be a town hall stair-step panel of 10 dealers, the opening keynote at Digital Dealers in Orlando, Florida, April 10th. I, be- I believe it begins. And you don't want to miss this. Cutting edge dealers are going to be on this panel. And we're going to open the questions up to the town hall, to the audience. We're going to take your questions from ADL in the previous first quarter in sh- first quarter shows coming up. We're going to carry those into the discussions, which we'll announce uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we're going to have three different blocks of topics, Dave, 20 minutes per uh, session. And we're going to bring your questions to these dealers, and we're going to have an open discussion in front of the live audience. It's going to be amazing, and that's going to happen in April um, 2018 at Digital Dealer in Orlando. And uh, Dave, it's going to be a great show today, though. I love it. I love it. I mean, the panel, the lineup that we have on today's show is great. And and stay tuned because we're going to be addressing something we've never talked about on the show today, mm-hmm. a very innovative new pilot program, if you will, mm-hmm. in one of the dealerships that you, you, you just, you have, you can't miss it. Yeah. You, you have to stay tuned. Yeah. Don't, don't go anywhere because we're going to, right after the break, we're going to be back with, uh, with Kevin Fry, Jay Lasco, Frank Lopes, and Brad Pascal, and we're going to be talking about something, as Cribs said, that's, uh, that's really a game changer in the auto industry, and it's coming from the Weiler Automotive family, and uh, Jeff, or Kevin Fry is here today to uh, break this news and talk about it a little bit. So we'll be right back right after the break. Don't go anywhere. All right, we're going to bring this panel right on. We're going to 
We're going to go ahead, no hesitation, Dave, no further ado, all right? Without further ado, right, we have Kevin go. Fry, e-commerce director at Jeff Weiler Automotive Family, no stranger to the show. And uh, we have Jay Lasco, vice president uh, at Grand Blank Mitsubishi, a part of the Lasco Automotive Family. Um, his uh, brother, Matt, uh, has been on the show as well many times. We have Frank Lopes, vice president of Forrest and Blake Marketing out of Jersey. Frank Lopes also, get more Frank, you must have heard of that. Brad Pascal, the senior account director at Stream Company. Companies. And uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining us. And I uh, know this is the last week of the month, extremely busy time. And uh, But we're going to talk about some really cool groundbreaking uh, things that, that Weiler Automotive is doing. And Cribs, I'm going to throw it to you, man, because I know you've been... Uh, You've been itching to kind of get into this discussion a little bit. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really excited about this uh, this today. So let's go right over to Kevin Fry. And Kevin, tell us just a little bit about this new program that you've implemented at your store, this option that you have for potential buyers. Yeah, essentially imagine it this way. Uh, you get uh, You have one payment, but you have access to an entire garage of cars to choose from. Uh, that are within our fleet. That payment includes access to any of those cars. It includes your insurance. It includes your maintenance and your service, car washes, as well as roadside assistance. Basically, you have the perfect car for every occasion, and it's not a traditional purchase. It's not a lease. You can go in and go out as you see fit. You can pause the service. At the end of the day, what we're doing is providing a consumer-facing mobility solution for our customers, and we're excited to be the first in our market to do that. Uh, Dave, real quick, before we you go to your question, let me just remind everyone who's watching on social media, because there are a lot of questions for this particular uh, uh, topic that we're, we're talking about now with Kevin Fry from the Weiler Group. If you have a question, go ahead and ask it on social media um, and let us know. We'll make sure that we get your question in. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Well, and yeah, thank you so much, Kevin. And uh, man, this is really, you know, thank you for coming on today. Um, and I know it's a busy, busy week for you as well and talking about this. And so, you know, I don't think there is um, a lot of, I don't think there is a lot of, of typical you know, f visual downside. I know there's some concerns and some things, uh, challenges. And I know Jay has a, a couple of things I think he was going to maybe bring up as well, you know, from a different perspective. But um, I'm looking at this and you, you call it here flipping from car to car, you know, um, schedule a flip. And, you know, I, um, I guess a couple of questions, some things that, you know, uh, I, I would ask, you know, this is, this is, do you see, this as is something that um, could eventually even go from state to state. I, I'm looking at it as it almost like makes you think of like a like a rent a car in some way. But then you know, for someone who travels, is there is there even uh, other uh, you know uh, other branches of this that can that can really extend out? And, and and really, where did this idea come from? Is there is there a demand for something like this? Is this a is this more of an experiment? Um, is this is have, has there been some you know some. Uh, uh, you know, some, um, some models, yeah, some models or maybe some, um, you know, investigation into this type of, uh, a process, you know, you know, talk a little bit about that, Kevin, and where this came from, first of all, because, you know, it makes sense and, and I, you know, and I, and anyone can see that, that, you know, the, the benefit to it from the surface, but where, where do you think the need for this is, is driven? 
Well, I would. Yeah, I want to you know clarify a couple things. The software uh, platform that we're using to drive this is powered by Clutch out of Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, this was a startup. It's been developed across the last three years to build the platform uh, to accommodate what we're trying to accomplish. There's just a few of us dealers that have initiated this automotive subscription. There's no instruction book. Mm -hmm. There's no preset model of how you're going to be profitable. In fact, I think each one of us are doing it differently. So we are way out on the cutting edge to figure out how this works. But what they've done down in Atlanta has really been insightful. And I'm going to share with you just one example of something that has us intrigued. They're finding that their subscribers are flipping in and out of vehicles on average two and a half times per month. And every time they do that, they're meeting for the most part personally with that subscriber. They're talking to them about that vehicle. They're learning more about them as a person and their habits and how they can best accommodate them. Now think about this from this angle. Right now as a dealer, in a time where loyalty OEM loyalty and brand loyalty is at its lowest. We are thrilled if we can get one of our customers into the dealership four times a year. Mm-hmm. And the blunt reality is we're thinking that when we do that, the salesperson is going to go back and interact with that customer. And I'll tell you nine times out of ten, that's not happening. What happens when you take a customer and you're personally touching them two and a half to three times per month every month of the year? That's just one of the angles that we're looking at this and really creating a personal consumer-facing experience while building loyalty in our brand, which is the Jeff Weiler brand. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I, I just love that we're having this conversation, and I have lots of questions, but I believe that probably some will come out from our guests. So let's go to Jay Lasko, and Jay, uh, weigh in with comments or questions about the program. Well, uh, yeah, I chatted you know briefly with Lou about this just off my hip, and uh, you have to almost try to not fall down the wormhole is what I call it when you talk about a subject like this because I think there's just so many questions and so many ideas. Um, the big thing that, that I focus on first is the each individual marketplace. I mean, we talk state to state, uh, you know, and I was looking up some percentages, and, you know, uh, in 2016, the lease penetration in Michigan was all the way up to 64% highest in the country and then you look at like Georgia for instance that I think was all the way down at like nine percent and, and many other uh, you know states down in the single digits uh, that haven't adapted leasing which is, is growing and obviously is really taken off in states so um, you know you still can't con- you know uh, convince the, the consumer to, to do something as simple as we all know as leasing when we're in the industry um, but there's the marketplace alone you know uh, I, I couldn't help but but look on Weiler's you know uh, page there and it says you know who is eligible and it says anyone 21 years or over with a valid license or a clean driving record but uh the first thing that comes to mind in my marketplace is credit i mean i know for a fact that i'm not going to be handing these cars out to anybody without checking credit and i think a lot of them aren't going to be eligible if credit history comes into play um i look at it as bridging a gap I think that people, the, the rental you know industry has been doing rental cars forever, and it's mainly per day, maybe week, weekly, um, not many monthly, and it's like we're bridging this gap between renting and that long-term commitment of leasing that uh, you know usually isn't isn't less than 24 months. And uh, I'm very intrigued by it. Uh, I think that it's it's more of a premium service. I think that anytime a manufacturer or anybody tries to sell something a different way. 
they're definitely not doing it to make the same or less amount of money. They're looking to add something to their marketplace or not lose. And I take Panera, for instance, mm-hmm. that's added all these crazy ways to buy food. I mean, you can do it through an app. You can pick, walk in and pick it up on a door. You can drive through the drive through They'll deliver it to a local business within a mile. And I don't know if they gained anybody as much as they're making sure they don't lose anybody because they're trying to look for convenience. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, you know, it, it, Jay brings up some good points there. I'm sure you probably have some comments. Before we go to Frank and Brad, and I'm sure they have as well, you know, um, just off the surface like that, Kevin, I mean, when you're looking at credit, the first thing that came to my mind, we were talking a little bit right as the show was getting ready to start Cribs here. And another another thing that came to my mind is, you know, back in the, back in the day, I've been married almost 25 years, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't well off when I got married. Matter of fact, I was the opposite. And my wife and I, uh, you know, we frequented the uh, rental to own places. You know, when you wanted a new sure. TV when you were 20 years old and you, you know, you went and rented one and paid like 80 grand for it. But, you know, I, <laughs> my mind goes to that process. And do you open up the door to possibly a rent to own kind of mentality or that type of customer, Kevin? And, you know, or is it more specialized like Jay was talking about as a premium? Weigh in on some of those comments because I know that you're piloting this and I don't think there can really be a bad way. I don't think there's anything negative about it if, if it's done by an excellent group such as yours. But when people are commenting on it and maybe want to look at this as something that could help them in the future, these are some of the concerns that the wrong dealer could give it a really bad name very fast. So you guys are giving me a whole bunch of questions here, but I'll try and address a few. Uh, when You're good, you, man. You're when ex-military. You apply, really, the, the primary driver uh, driving thing in the application is the insurability, because we're insuring the driver, not the metal, mm-hmm. and we need to make sure that you have a good driving record. From a credit standpoint, you're going to be getting billed uh, on your credit card. If you don't pay, you're going to be out of the program. Uh, Further, there's a telematics device on every car. So if you pull, let's say, for example, a Dodge Challenger and decide to start driving that thing 120 miles an hour every day or decide to become an Uber driver with that vehicle, we're going to see that as well. So managing the subscribers on that I don't think is going to be as difficult uh, as you think. In terms of comparing it to a rental and things to that nature, I'm going to agree that it's more of a premium thing out of the gate. When, whenever you look at a, an innovative product or service, you need to take advantage of the irrationality of the early adopters. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that as, a, as condescending in any way, shape, or form. But the great example I would give you is when HDTVs come out, I bet everybody on this call had a friend, that first person that bought the HDTV for about 9000 bucks because they wanted to be the first one to get it. There's some reality with these new solutions as we're rolling out more upper tier and we're trying to figure out to make the models work. But I'm going to say on the other side, this is, I have not met anyone that is doing this that doesn't become a firm believer and incredibly excited. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to display that is to give you a couple examples of flips that I went on. I went to one where we had a gentleman, a business owner. You just use your cell phone and you mark that I want to swap out to a vehicle. You can designate where. You can do it at work. You can do it at home. You can do it in a restaurant, parking lot. You name it. What happens in RM with the concierge is on their app, they get the next vehicle. They clean it up. They preset the radio stations, the seat. When we went to the parking lot of this guy's business, there's a checklist in the phone that says we need to move his garage door opener, his parking pass, whatever the case may be. 
And then they'll often, what we find most times, they'll come down and talk to you. Mm -hmm. So this guy had a truck. It was a Silverado that had probably around 17,000 miles, and it was absolutely covered with mud. It was so muddy that when we drove it back, it was out of balance. And so we asked him, so, you know, what did you think of the truck? Why did you get the truck? And his answer was, you know what, I've got hunting property. I wanted to get a truck to do that. I've been hunting the last three days. It's all dirty, but I sure appreciate you guys swapping out, cleaning it up. So we were giving him a GMC Yukon. And I asked, I said, so why are you swapping to a GMC Yukon? And he said, because I'm getting ready to pick up my grandkids. We're heading down to Florida for the weekend. The reality is rather than being locked in one car, you're getting the perfect car for every occasion. And not only that, from a dealer perspective, as we personalize the process and learn more about our subscriber, if we just happen to know that it's their anniversary coming up this weekend, Maybe we give them a free upgrade to a Porsche or something to have a special night with their wife. Mm -hmm. uh, if, you know, I mean, it's just different things like that. You just keep personalizing. There's a lot of machine learning going on in the background to provide an experience that cannot be uh, given yeah. with the other things we do today. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate that, Kevin. Those are all great points. Let's, uh, Can I ask you something, Dave? Sure, before right you go, go, go right to Frank and go to Frank and Brabbit, yep. I want to maybe maybe throw something into the di Absolutely. dynamic. And I and I agree. By the way, Ed Brooks said something, and I and I I feel this way in in everything I do that that that's worthwhile. And you know, don't look for reasons to not do it. Look for the opportunity. So I mean, we, we you know we're it's it's a it's an idea. And when you look at the today's society where we, we, we get bored very easy or we like change, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, there's obviously a market for it. But let's, let's go to our next, maybe let's go to our next guest, maybe in, introduce what are some challenges that we could face. Because let's, let's look at this. We're the car business. Mm -hmm. And not everybody operates like the Weiler Automotive Group or for that matter, Lasco as well. I mean, Jay and Matt could pull something like this off because they're, they do things with excellence. But, you know, Frank and Brad, they know, you know, that this is the car business. And I could see things, for instance, not maintained down the road and then somebody's looking for a car and it not be quote available oh i really really don't have that availability and it begins to not make enough money and all of a sudden becomes a stepchild but you got members in it and it could actually give you bad press i can see a lot of things going awry if it's not operated or maintained properly but yeah, what, what do you think about that well yeah and, and kevin kind of alluded to the fact that hey there's no there's no like written out playbook just yet right so mm -hmm. it is it is something they're going to walk through but um, at the end of the day, it sounds like they're willing to take a gamble yeah. on uh, on facing some of those challenges uh, based Pioneer, on what right? they yeah based on what they feel the benefits are. I have I have a lot of questions still, but I'm going to go ahead and go to Frank Lopes and Frank. Uh, <clears throat> welcome and uh, thanks for hanging in there. And go ahead and weigh in with any thoughts or questions with Kevin. No, I appreciate I appreciate you guys having me on today, and I'm um, I'm uh, very happy that I'm on this show because I saw Kevin's original posts on Facebook about this program. Um, and I'm glad to be to be here because there's one thing I want to do, and that's applaud the mm -hmm. Weiler Automotive Group and Kevin for, uh, you know, for having the guts to try something and to be, you know, to be pioneers on the dealership level. Uh, I know Kevin mentioned before that there's a few other dealers do it, that are doing this. I don't know of any of the others uh, currently. Uh, but, you know, that's one thing we're doing. Like, like, look at us, guys. We're all looking at this and we're saying, well, this could go wrong. That could go wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, and, yeah, things could go wrong with it without a doubt. But how about before we start to say that what could go wrong, let's, you know, let's give a round of applause to the group for even yeah. having the guts to do this in the first place. Because yeah. I know I know a lot of dealers and 
I don't think I know one off the top of my head who would say, yeah, well, let's give this a shot. Yeah, you know? I agree. You know, so, you know, so well, that's, that's Kevin Fry one. for you, man. Kevin Fry, Kevin Fry, that's the, you, yeah. you always bringing it like you bringing it like it like that every single time, man. You don't yeah. do anything halfway. So hats off to you. Um, by the way, we had a comment from a, a non, there's a, somebody, there's a friend of ours, yes. Dave, you're local. He's a real estate agent, yep. a very successful realtor, Gary James Knight. He just said, this is Netflix for cars. It solves all of the problems that consumers are mm -hmm. having with car buying. The value proposition is unmatched. This is the guy who's not in the car business, but he buys cars. And uh, that's his opinion of it right there, Kevin. So um, you got a, you got a fan right there from the start of someone who's not in the business just watching right now. So absolutely, and uh, and, yeah. and, uh, and and look with and with me being in the business, you know, I drive somewhere in the vicinity of twenty five to thirty thousand miles a year. Mm -hmm. So something like as a consumer, something like this is absolutely fantastic. You know, mm -hmm. if I lived in the Cincinnati area, I would have you know I would have told Kevin already, hey, send me something now. You know. Mm -hmm. Because this this goes goes right up my alley, and yeah, the, you know, yes, like I said before, there are a few. You know, Cadillac is doing something like this. BMW, I believe, is doing something on a rental type of basis. You know, but from an from a dealership perspective, um, I, I don't. Yeah, things could go wrong, but things could go wrong with every single deal that we put on the road every single day. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. this yep. is not. I don't think there's any more. You know, there's any more <clears throat> risk or so, you know, so to say, in this type of thing. Um, but the fact that now the relationship is, you know, is taken to a whole nother level between the dealer and between the customer to where now you now you're allowing them not to buy one car, but you're allowing them to start a relationship with you to where you can flip from one car to another car to another car. And you know that it, that it's not going to be that they're only going to have the, you know, so to say, like the flip car. In their family, there's going to be something else, mm -hmm. and that gets that gets the dealer that gets him to just slide right in to be able to build that relationship, you know, just for that. Yeah, yeah can, can I, Go Kevin? Ahead, can I, Kevin? Before, I, I want to bring Brad up. Kevin, can I ask you something? Man, based on the uh, the info I have in front of me here, uh, something else I'm noticing about it that could act. I, I'm just going to ask you. It says your car is delivered. Or select the perfect ride for your need delivered anywhere in the service area. So, I mean, you're competing with, you know, at that point you're competing with, you know, some services that are being advertised heavily right now, like Carvana and things of that nature. But also, am I led to believe, Kev, that that could actually possibly uh, shorten the um, buy, the buying process, so to speak, or the delivery process because um, a customer is 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 more apt to to make a to, to not want to spend as much time or not need to is that is that another um is that another benefit to this at all kevin well i i it's definitely a quicker process i mean from the time you literally from your phone uh you can apply uh we get it we see it on our end we can do a quick approval and from there it's just a matter <laughs> of scheduling that first delivery of the vehicle which hopefully is only within a couple days for the first time mm -hmm. uh, so from that standpoint it can be very quick in terms of just replacing the traditional car buying process if you think about this from the you know the sixty thousand foot level if you put someone into this program and they become a loyalist and love this type of service, you have taken them out of the traditional car buying process. You know, <coughs> five to seven years, and they're going to go out and buy a new car. Not only that, you've taken that customer and made them yours for life if you're doing things right. Mm -hmm. I think it's important, too, to emphasize a couple things. And, and Frank was talking about how there are some OEM programs out there. Mm -hmm. Think about this. 
The OEMs are starting to do this as well, and the, and the reason why is they want you to subscribe to their service and become loyal to their specific brand, and Porsche is the most recent to decide that they're going to do that. We, on the other hand, this ties into a core part of our culture, because Jeff Weiler, where he made his name was an innovator of the auto mall concept where you're not necessarily loyal to the, the car brand, but you're loyal to the dealership brand, which is Jeff Weiler. Mm -hmm. What we're doing here ties into that same effort. We're gonna, when you subscribe with us, you become loyal to the Jeff Weiler Automotive family and our entire fleet of vehicles, not a specific make uh, versus some of these other programs. So it's, it's in the same line of what we're doing, but two different approaches, and perhaps I should probably say not as popular, uh, popular with the OEMs because of the approach we're taking. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it does. And, and, and I have a, a question that hasn't come up yet, but I'm going to wait and uh, we'll go ahead and let Brad into the conversation. Brad, thanks for, uh, for hanging in there. Brad Paschal, go ahead and uh, question or comment. Yeah, man, I'm, I think this is amazing. It's like subscription box meets car sales. Um, you know, I, I think the thing that Kevin's always been great at is that he works for a company that really cares about their customers, and they're using technology to scale relationships. And, and, and those, the people that are first to that, that continue to build relationship over that are the people that are going to win. And on top of that, he also has a place on here where they can sell their car. So he's also getting inventory back. If they're gonna, if they're gonna be moving to the subscription, he's gonna have the inventory, and he gets to control that inventory that's in that pool. So, so if he needs to do more of one thing one month, he he controls the inventory that's in that pool. So it's just different ways to have safeguards. There's so many safeguards set up in this program, from what I can see, to to make sure that it's profitable and to make sure that the customer is getting taken care of. And, you know, that way he can offer whatever experience the customer wants. If they want to come in there and lease a car, they can do that. Mm -hmm. If they want to come in there and purchase a car, they can do that. If they just want to sell their car, they can do that. If they want to do a subscription, they can do that. And so it's just opening up his brand to whatever, whatever way a customer wants to transact with the dealership that's available. Yeah, Jay. Let me ask you. Bring you back in the conversation. I know you. You know you brought up some challenges before, and you're, but you guys are no no stranger to innovation. And um, you know took took a story you and your your brother that your father built successfully built. You know that was a seven desk. You know originally a seven desk Ford store that uh, was doing what seventy cars a month when you guys took it over. And you know at seven desk was doing over three hundred twenty five before you guys moved into your new building. Um, that that can sustain that type of growth. So you guys have been doing a great job. Took a store, many don't know, at Grand Blank um, that was a certified a, a, a pre-owned dealership that you opened up a few years ago where several Ford stores uh, had closed, had went out of business and failed. You guys went against the odds, uh, bought the store, opened up a used car franchise, and, and was were do, quickly we're doing over 100 vehicles. We're awarded a Mitsubishi point, and the growth and the success continues. Very sharp, sharp guys, you and Matt. And so, can you see this? And in, in, is this one of these things where the the you know innovators like the Weiler Automotive Group obviously doing something innovative? And if it works, you said you were intrigued by it. Is this something where you know uh, that deal? 
Steelers could even look at, and maybe even guys like you go, you could begin to even improve upon it. Look at certain aspects of it that give you ideas on, because I know the one thing as an owner that intrigues me, period, that everyone has said is when somebody buys into your brand, you know, when somebody, you lock somebody into your brand. I mean, um, we buy uh, multiple uh, iPhones, you know, uh, at our company. We have, you know, a lot of, uh, we have a plan through uh, AT&T, but we buy multiple iPhones. Well, my wife, who's our CFO, you know, for this year, because we trade them in every year, and we use everybody's upgrades and what have you, everybody switches right. upgrades, you know. And uh, long story short, she went on this program where now we're leasing phones, and every year now we're going to turn them in. You know, and Apple jumped on that bandwagon. Is there is there innovation here, uh, Jay, that you can that you can glean from things that you ideas that you're getting on how to progressively push this car business forward? Well, yeah, and I, and I purposely said I was intrigued by it in the beginning because I wasn't really throwing those those questions out there or you know our comments of, as far as like criticism or doubt at all. You know, it, it was more or less you know like hey, I, I'd love to have these answers and and look even further into it. Um, you know, I he mentioned data. I think that's that's huge. I, obviously, I think that has exploded over the past couple of years, and we want to learn as much about consumer behavior as possible. Um, there's an opportunity there. These people are downloading an app on their phone. I mean, who knows what they're clicking accept to, and you're now tracking. Um, you know, I I think that in in our marketplace here, we're we're just a little bit of an anomaly close to Flint, Michigan. That the the payment that's going to have to fit the insurance and everything in it um, may be higher than the other alternatives that they have. And we still have people today that walk in that are just bull-nosed and, and just uh, will not even consider a lease if it saves them half the payment, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what are you, what are you going to do? You're going to do whatever they want, you know? And so I feel like you, you, we're, we continue to try to cater to more needs for each individual person mm-hmm. and keep them as satisfied as possible, which keeps them loyal. It's all the things we're talking about there. Um, I, I, We've already kind of dabbled into retail rental, you know, to see if there's there's any demand there. I mean, we, we obviously want to want to see if there's an opportunity here. I, the thing that really intrigues me, actually, and I'm sure Kevin's done all his research, sounds like they're very sharp on this whole thing, is the overall <clears throat> business side of it internally. You know, so if you title these vehicles, is this now an expense that gets written off somewhere? And if you have group insurance, is the guy that used to have a high insurance rate now his his total payments less because he's part of this group insurance and his high risk doesn't take place because of his address at home. And like I, I, I my brain starts going hundred miles per hour there on, on, on what the long term is um, as you dig deeper and deeper. So, I mean, there may maybe even more opportunity here, um, you know, just in tax income benefits. I mean, I don't know, but it still goes to ROI. I also look at the negatives. You have people now that are delivering cars and then he accidentally bumps into another car, you know, because now you have people in these cars and now what insurance is covered in that and they're driving around swapping out cars it's gonna happen the porter is gonna wreck a car you know um, all those little things you know but that all just gets deducted to the before the bottom line hits you know and that will be measured over time I mean like Kevin said he's an early adopter and he's learning but man is there a lot of questions I mean uh, we're yeah. still learning about the automotive business today aren't we yeah, <laughs> yeah we are and, and Jay you know I'm glad that you started bringing those up because all of those were the things going through my mind talking about this internal uh, you know uh, housekeeping if you will. Kevin, unpack some of that for us. And um, and then if you don't mind adding on, because Tito, 
uh, Washington brought it up on Facebook. It was the question I was waiting to answer. Are salespersons commissions incorporated into this type of program? Can a salesperson sustain an income working this program? And then if you will address some of the questions from Jay. Well, I feel like I'm in a presidential debate. You got to give me like 12 questions packed into one here. Let me just give everyone a better understanding. I mean, I I was one of the early people out there speaking about disruption uh, in automotive. I know that's the sexy topic of the day, but I can tell you, I really feel a, a great sense of urgency about this. And one of the things I learned as a young naval officer is that in times of crisis, the worst decision is no decision at all. It is better to turn left to try to avoid that kamikaze and get hit rather than go straight and do nothing at all. So some of that is an underlying concept behind this because I'm going to tell you now, disruption in our industry and all retail is very simple. All of the disruptors have one thing in common. They're providing more consumer-facing solutions to the consumers that are out there. So when you were talking about resolutions earlier, I will give the resolution that every auto dealer on this session should have, and that is this. For every single thing you do in 2018, you should ask yourself this question. Does this make us more consumer-facing? That's how you're going to beat disruption. And I can tell you that in the last 10 years, I have never worked harder than I have in the last three to four months. This has reignited my passion. Jay is right. I mean, I wake up at 2 and 3 a.m. with the 573 different angles that automotive subscription provides. But we're taking a measured risk to go out there and provide a mobility-based solution because it's not going to be for everybody. It's just one of the mobility solutions we're providing to our consumers. But we feel at the end of the day, regardless of whether this works or not, the lessons we are going to learn are going to be invaluable. And I'm, one of the key things that I'm convinced of in our future market is that fleet is the future. And the fleet lessons that you learn from doing this uh, really are incredible. I mean, I don't know how much more to say than that. So. Yeah, gentlemen, let me let me jump let me jump in with a little something here because you know and let me uh, you know I hate to be cliche but let me get more frank about this because as as we're talking I I wrote a little list out here and I'm I'm looking for negatives right mm-hmm. but I can't find any like yeah. I can't find any besides the normal day to day business mm-hmm. you know like Mr. Lasco said before a porter's going to smash up a car or something like that. Guys, I smashed up two demos when I was a salesperson, okay? So that type of thing, you know, that type of thing is going to wind up happening. But rewind this and go all the way back to the beginning, right? So you're going to have to take new cars out of your inventory and put them into this, let's call it a flip fleet, right? Mm -hmm. So now you've got new cars that you're reporting sold. You're RDRing, you know, you're RDRing these cars sold. Yes, you're going to wind up titling them in the the, uh, subscription company, but... You've got RDRs going in. You've got cars being reported sold. You're earning more turn on earning more turn on inventory. You're freeing up floor plan, right? Uh, good so far, right? Anybody have anything negative to say about that? Selling more cars? Uh, no, of course not. Okay, number two, you're you know number two, you're starting a whole different facet of relationship between the customer 
and between the dealership. Yeah. And all of us at, at every conference, we're all talking about how we're going to enhance and how we're going to disrupt and all those bullshit words. But no matter what, it comes down to the same thing is that the relationship between the customer and the dealer needs to be, be preserved. Number one, number two, it needs to be enhanced or we're all done. We're not going to be talking about, you know, we're not going to be talking about this anymore because we're not going to be talking. We're yeah. going to be wind up doing something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Number three, through the process, you get to the dealer gets to monitor the vehicle's condition. So the car is coming back. Techs are looking at it. I'm sure there's going to be some type of a check in and check out type of a procedure for these cars when they come in off of a flip and when they, before they go back out. So the dealer has control of the condition of the car the whole time. There's a certain exit. There's got to be an exit strategy in this, meaning that when a when x car when this 2018 denali hits this mileage we're pulling it out and then when you pull it out now the dealer has control again you have the option to either put the car on your used car lot you're adding used car inventory to where you're going to generate some profit or you just sell it you just send it to auction and you call it a day yeah. Guys, I'm, I'm looking for I'm looking, looking for the bed. Yeah, you can't. I'm looking for the bed. I don't see anything. Well, yeah, and let me say this, Frank, and I and, and I'm with you, and I'm with you, and I'm a, and I'm a visionary by nature, and I'm an, I'm probably an idealist. You know, I mean, there's there's what they, they say: pessimist, realist, optimist, idealist. Idealist is the one who says, you know, the grass is blue, and someone says, no, it's not, and you know, it is, it's blue. But you know, uh, so let me say, I'm with you on that. However, I've learned in business, and I think that, and I think that Kevin, you know, uh, and anybody watching that's that. that proponents of this. I think you need a Jay Lasko. I think Matt is a visionary guy. Jay would probably amen that. And then you have someone like Jay who is, you know, pokes holes to a degree because you have to have that litmus test. You have to have that test because anything that I've done that's ever stood the time uh, stamp of success has had somebody try to poke holes, and my wife is very good at that. And I used to I hate it. You know, I used to hate it because. But a vision. Somebody told me a long time ago. A visionary is the one that stands there in front of everybody with the binoculars and says, "Hey, see that over there? That's where we're headed." And then, if without the person that's going to point out the pothole, this one foot in front of you, you know, the visionary takes the step that way, falls in the pothole, and dies. You know, so I mean, I think that this is necessary. Um, but so, but you know, without saying, hey, it's not going to work. I think it is going to work, and I know that it, 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 you know, hey, if 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 everything that I ever did, if I ever stopped at the first time someone told me it wasn't going to work, I would have never started. But let me give a couple comments that are coming in on social media. Um, Tony, who who Cribs uh, asked about the uh, sustainable uh, commission to a salesperson. Here's a perfect example of Kevin of a, of how innovation rubs off. He says, as a frontline sales professional. These type of conversations make me want to find ways to beat these dealerships to it. <laughs> Creating subscription base as a salesperson, I would like to disrupt the disruption. I like the idea, so I would try to beat the big corps to it and provide the subscription. There's innovation from a salesperson. Uh, Colin Crane, uh, formerly with Carvana, um, this is a this is something somebody might want to weigh in on. Um, this is again just an obstacle here. He says eight at eight fifty a month subscription. In automotive, still has a long way to go. Love that Kevin Fry and the Weiler Group is taking a run at this, but it has to be much closer in value to a lease for mass adoption. I That's just, somebody from Carvana talking I, about yeah, mass adoption. I, I disagree with that. Yeah, I disagree with that. Yeah, go ahead, well, Kevin. First of all, to get Cullen, Cullen Crane just flipped sides for a second because everybody's been telling him how Carvana wouldn't work for so long. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go Kevin. ahead, Kevin. <laughs> So he brings up a good point because this is one of the challenges we face, and that is if you're trying to compare this to a straight lease, which a lot of shoppers will. I mean, that's that's a natural reaction. Well, I'm paying, you know, 
five fifty a month, why would I pay eight fifty nine fifty a month for your program? And part of our uh, challenge is that we need to educate them that this includes the cost of their insurance each month. This includes the cost of their maintenance, their service each month. This includes the fact that they're saving all of that time because we're handling all of that to them. And, you know, one of the people that I spoke with uh, doing a flip, his comment to me was, you know what, I will never own a depreciating asset again in my life. I will never leave this surface service. This is a, what I've been looking for for a long time. So it, a lot of it is, yeah, we're going to have to really re-educate our consumers uh, but the reality is it isn't a straight lease matchup. There's a lot more involved and a lot more uh, services being provided than just the uh, the actual car itself. Yeah, yeah and, and, and you know, Kevin, it's real, real, real quick. Go, oh, go ahead, Brad. Go ahead, Brad. No, I, I was going to say. This, this is Jay. I, I just I have a quick question, Do you, and I'm thinking long term, and all I'm doing is just turn up questions like David said. These are not negative. I mean, it's my brain's working. So do you think that the government will, will get involved at some stage with regulation? I hate to use that word. That's but a great question. So, well, because think about it. I, I'm in a credit market, right? Well, who cares? Let's take the risk, like you said. Let's see how it goes. Okay, well, the people get in over their head. They don't pay two months from now. So can I go take this car to the driveway? Because it, I own the car. They don't. There's no repo laws anymore, right? Hmm. Yeah, so there, I mean, we've had attorneys all over this thing, and the, the blunt reality is, I mean, there's addressing what currently exists in the legal requirements, and then there the fact is we're pushing the edge of the bubble in other areas. And I'm sure that long-term, they're going to try and come in and move in and regulate this. Mm -hmm. But as in any type of early innovative solution, you have to press forward, make best efforts. And if that regulation comes along, you're going to try and drive it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, but that certainly is some of the things we're looking at. And by the way, Frank, uh, you've been probably one of the most educated people I've t heard from on this because you're saying all of the things uh, and angles that, you know, we've looked at in consideration as we've run multiple. I bet I've run over 80 financial models before we defined a strategy. But he is right. You've got to understand that when you bring a car into the fleet, you need to be identifying your exit strategy as you're bringing it in and deciding as a model what you're going to do with that vehicle. Mm -hmm. Are you going to return it back to the dealership for resale if you're going to do it? What, how are you going to depreciate that vehicle? before you put it back out there in the fleet. I mean, I'll tell you right now, probably the most complex thing in this entire model is going to be the depreciation rate of the vehicles and managing that. Mm -hmm. That's about as far as I want to share on that. But it, yeah. it is very, very complex, but we believe we can make it work. That's good. Well, and, you know, we're, we're talking about like assembly, um, I think Jay brought up something about the monthly payment on this thing at, at eight fifty at eight fifty a month. Uh, I could be wrong, so I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think the Cadillac one is like fifteen hundred a month. Okay, and of yeah, course we're so talking. This we're, is the mid-level tier. Right. So, so is eight fifty a month for everybody? No, obviously it's not. For, it, it's not for everybody. But when you consider you're paying eight fifty a month, and on a Monday. You could be driving a. Um, give me a car that's mid-level, Kevin. That's in the that's in the program. Well, we got a Mer with a Mercedes C three hundred class. Okay, so you're driving a C three hundred on Monday, and you know that on the weekend. I'm going to reiterate your example from before. On the weekend, you're going to be taking a trip with the whole family, and you need an SUV. And the fact that uh, no, a large SUV. The fact that you can just call 
and say, hey, I need a large SUV, and a Denali meets you in your in the, in the parking lot of your office or of your work or your home, your, wherever, and then you take that car for the weekend and everybody gets to go to Wally World together. <laughs> if that ain't worth 850 a month, I don't know what is. I think Wally World, just the comment Wally yeah. World was worth 850 a month to me. But uh <laughs> right off the top of my head, I wish I would have you know I love it. that one that I, came right out. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Um and real quick, I think there's also value in the length of the commitment. Kevin, what's the length of a commitment when I want to get on board? It's month to month. In fact, uh, let's say you're, you know, five and a half months into it and you're getting ready to go uh, to Europe for three or four weeks, you can pause the service. There is a small fee to do that. And when you come back, you can just turn it back on. I mean, that's a lot of the beauty of it. Kevin, is there like, I'm going to assume there's like a, there's like a nickel initiation fee or something. There is. Now, our first uh, members, we waived the registration fee, uh, but there's a $500 registration fee to come in the program. And just, I'll tell you, the top question we've had as we've introduced it to the market, believe it or not, is when when will you have the upper tier available? Because we're going to be rolling out a $1,500 tier with higher-end cars, and that's actually the number one question we're getting right now. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's amazing. I, I think that, yeah, I, I mean, I don't see, it, from that perspective, it, you know, again, every, everything else is just kinks. You know, I think there's going to be kinks with anything, but, I mean, if the kinks were worked out in a perfect world, um, you know, to, to be able, I mean, th- this, let's just face it, the selling point is the ability to change because the reality is people mm-hmm. like variety. And if you're leasing your vehicle already, even though it's a two-year lease or whatever, you know, uh, it is, you're, you're, you know, you already realize that vehicle is not going to be yours forever. You don't want it. And, you know, I've never said, I wish I had my lease longer. You know, I always get out of my leases six months. Or, I know, right? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> as, as soon as you can. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so let's uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up in the interest of time, man. Man, we could go. I think we could make five shows out of this this topic. I'm so excited that someone is bringing this to the forefront. And mm-hmm. Kevin, kudos to you. Um, I have uh, just as we close out, we'll start with Brad, then we'll go to uh, Frank, and then to Jay, and then we'll have Kevin wrap it up. But one, one final question, Kevin, just real real quick uh, before we wrap up. But I'm guessing that another benefit is aside from Auto Dealer Live, you're probably reaping the benefits of a lot of outside media coverage. Would that be correct? Uh, absolutely. And, and believe it or not, a lot of your activity is not so much outside media. It's your <clears throat> subscribers themselves. They become social media advocates to a level you can't believe. <clears throat> and, you know, their friends will be like, you know, hey, Betty, I'm noticing you're having like a different car every two weeks. What is going on? And uh, the subscribers are actually selling the program for you and bringing in new people at that point. So yeah. we enjoy, I, I think that's one of the great parts of it as well. Thank that's you. So, so let's go to Brad for closing comments and uh, questions. And, and go ahead, Brad. Well, I, I did have a question for you, Kevin. Um, when they do a flip, do you, have, do you have some sort of hashtag or social media campaign so that they can share that? Like, hey, I just flipped today. You know, can I share this online? Yeah, it's hashtag Weiler Fastlane. And, you know, we're, we're remember, we just initiated this thing, so we're in the process of building that out, but that's what we're using. Yeah, I, I was just wondering if you thought about running any promotions or anything like that. You know, <laughs> hey, tag us when you flip, when, when you do your flip, and You're then Brad trying something, to sell a deal. you know. Uh, hey, Brad trying to sell a yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, you know, just to get it out there. <laughs> yeah. So, 
That, no, no, no. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just, I'm just saying I, I thought that would be a good way to get it out there as far as just make a hashtag when they when they come in and do a flip. And, and then, you know, everybody's seeing this like, hey, what is this hashtag? Are everybody doing these flips in this area? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's, 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 part of a cl- it's part of a club. You know, the yeah, reality sure. is just, you sure. know, it's, a, it's a club. Uh, somebody commented here. Daniel Green said, yeah. "This is Daniel Green said this so, is the same convenience the dealers have had with dealer plates and demos." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool, yeah. it's a, it's really even you can look at it. I'm sure socially as sort of a statusy type of uh, thing that you're involved with as well. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Brad. Uh, did, did you have something else, Brad? No, I just want to thank you guys for letting me come on and um, and uh, I always look up to Kevin. He does a great job and. Uh, and uh, I just appreciate you guys, and you have a great day. Hey, you too, Brad. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brad. Happy Let's, New Year, man. Let's go to Frank for a closing comment. Um, you know, I, I'm sitting here. I'm continuing to think about this. This is, you know, you're kind of looking at this in a way where, you know, it's almost like a loaner car program without any OEM support, but you actually have income from these loaner cars that are out. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess I could go. I guess I'm Mr. Positive today. I could go on and on about why I think this is a good thing. And uh, once again, you know, standing applause to uh, you know to the Wilers to to have the guts to uh, to innovate and to take the chance and to put in the time and the research and all the due diligence and uh, you know and to make this work. So you know, hats off to you guys without a doubt. Amen. Thanks, Frank. Hey, Happy New Year, man. Same to you, buddy. Jay Lasco, uh, man, uh, give us your closing comments on this. I appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, in weighing in, giving some yeah, uh, no, great, great content. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. I mean, uh, I was, like I said, intrigued from the, the very beginning uh, when I first heard about this, and then uh, obviously with what Weiler's done, I mean, I, I appreciate it just like Frank does. I mean, I think it's fantastic. I love it when people try something new uh, every single day. I mean, we're trying to cater to customers, and uh, they're they're looking for these new ways. And I think this this has potential. Um, I think that uh, when when you know that risk is measured correctly, and uh, you know we can present it with a return. Um, why not? I mean, it's it's someone probably thought we were crazy when when they said to lease the first car, and, and it, it keeps growing, you know. And this is just uh, bridging another gap. And uh, if we can embrace the technology like we've all talked about, which obviously everybody is embracing, and and allow that that experience to go even even smoother, um, you know, I, I think that it's uh, it has some huge potential. I like the customer facing comment, um, you know, that Kevin made. I think that's huge. We're all trying to you know build our relation you know, relationship-based, you know, selling. And uh, I, I will continue to follow this, that's for sure. All right. Thank you, Jay. And uh, Kevin, if you'll close us out, man, we leaned heavily on you today. You were the star of the show, but uh, go ahead and give your closing comments. Well, first I'll say I enjoyed it, and thanks for uh, having me on. What I would say is this, with the state of our industry and our market, there is no one better to disrupt automotive than dealers themselves and we can do that with strong leadership Uh, i encourage dealers to to not be afraid to innovate whatever you do don't just do nothing and continue doing business as you always have you should be driving to become more consumer facing even with what we're doing with weiler fastlane we have several other major initiatives uh, I believe we're the first in the country. We're developing augmented reality in-house, and we have it in the showroom to prevent showrooming. We introduced virtual reality last week, the first in our market. We've partnered with Flow Found 
And there's just a lot of different angles. But at the end of the day, uh, I take very serious uh, my role that I, I want to be an agent of positive change in this industry. And I've got a lot of respect for the people on this call, for people like Colin Crane uh, that's out there contributing as well. All of us can make automotive together. Good. I'm automotive better together. <laughs> love it. <laughs> make it. Make automotive great again. All right. I love it, man. And uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on, guys. Great, great topic. Uh, congratulations to uh, the Weiler Automotive Group with the uh, Fastlane uh, program. Hashtag Fastlane Flip. And uh, Happy New Year, everyone. I appreciate you coming on. Happy New Year. Thanks. All right, guys. So, uh, Dave, man, you know, great topic. Great show. Um, you know, we, we, the show was carried really with one specific topic going back yeah. and forth here because I think it opened up a lot of uh, just, just thought process. And I think that you go, well, how can you make a whole show about one particular, you know, uh, you know lane, no, no pun intended, that one dealer is doing or, you know, or a few dealers, a handful are doing. And here, here's where I'd like to answer my own mm -hmm. hypothetical question that you may be having out there. Um, I, I think that the underlining... Um, the underlining ideas or thought process that I received out of this is how can I make my customers customers for life? You know, how can I brand my, you know, how can I make my brand stand in, in the ideas of customers? How can I, you know, how can I cause a subscription mentality, so to speak, mm -hmm. where even if they're leasing a vehicle or buying a vehicle, right, they're my customers. Because the statistics show, NADA statistics show that 67% of customers would purchase a vehicle from the dealership that they purchased from, but only 33% do. Yeah. And the 33% do because only 10% of the dealers out there effectively mine their customers or manage their customers. And that's where this whole thing is. I think that the whole underlying idea is how can I work not just harder, but can I work smarter? Can I take this concept and make 2018 a year that I ensure that my customers are taken care of, right? And they're my customers every time they go to spend money on a product similar to mine. Yeah, it's not just about capturing a customer, it's really about owning a customer, mm -hmm. and that's what they're looking at. And I, I gotta tell you, Dave, you said, you know, how can we make uh, one show out of this one topic? I guarantee you nobody out there watching was thinking that today because we could pack, we could make four shows out of this, this topic. Mm -hmm. Because, and, I, and I'll say this, because we heard it even from dealers and, the, and our expert consultants that were on the panel, Look, this car business has been starving for this. I've been waiting, watching dealers. Someone's going to do something. Yeah. Someone's <clears throat> going to do something different than the same old, same old. And this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, and one of the things is we, we, we really appreciate you guys uh, being with us today. And one of the things I will say um, that, that Kevin's, Kevin said a lot, and he said a lot of great stuff, but one of the things you don't want to miss, and you may want to write this down or make sure that you put this mentally as a note in your mind, he just recently said at the very end of the show, he said that dealers need to be the disruptors. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you something, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to disrupt the auto industry. And I've often said, I'm not that any of these ideas, not this idea, but any of the ideas that we've talked about, anything that's out there is not a good idea. But I've often said even about Carvana, you know, listen, the concept and the idea is, is obviously not a bad idea. Right. But the, the thing I've always said about it, because it caters, it's used car driven, because there's, the, the, you know, the OEMs aren't in, sure. involved in, in part of it. So guess what? If it's going to really happen, it would have to happen on a new car level, right? Yep. 
because a new car oval, a new car badge, a new car logo, emblem is what drives that customer in even if they buy used. It, 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 it validates them Ab- in the absolutely. customer's mind. Let's absolutely. just all face it. And so, it, it, so I'll say that a dealer could become an e-commerce dealer and operate you know, and so the dealers need to be the disruptors. And that's what I no love doubt. about what the Wilder Automotive Group's doing. Whether you love it, like it, hate it, the bottom line is this is a dealership that's disrupting. And they're, they're smart. And um, we'll see. Looking forward to a little bit of an update yes. at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, Kevin we'll see Fox. how it goes. Boom. Great show. 2018. It starts right now. Right now, the deposit. What you put in today is a down payment, is an investment, is a seed is a deposit into 2018. Don't wait for Don't you dare wait until Monday. If you don't do it today, you won't do it tomorrow. Yeah. Come on. Probably uh, won't see you guys till next year, by the way. Yeah, it'd be, it's going to be a whole year. <laughs> All right. <laughs>